SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Kind of the calm before the storm on this uh, hump day Wednesday as we get the second half of the NBA season underway tonight. Only two games, Washington and Memphis, not a great one. San Antonio-Dallas, you know, at least it's a rivalry game, but uh, no Lakers, no Celtics, uh, no Milwaukee Bucks, no Clippers, no even Nuggets or Utah Jazz. You know, don't forget, they didn't really set this second half of the schedule up until, you know, really probably a month or two ago. So they could have done anything. They could have realized that Utah was a big story and had them kick off the second half of the season. They could have realized that the Nets are a big story, could have had them kick off the second half of the season, but none of that. Uh, They'll all come Thursday and Friday. So we get to two games as we uh, ease our way in uh, to the second half of the NBA season. College basketball last night got a bunch of more automatic bids handed out, five to be exact. We're up to 11 out of the 31 uh, that will be handed out before everything is said and done still trying to figure out the 37 at large selections um you know one little reprieve if you're rooting for a team that is hoping to get an at large bid as Gonzaga did beat BYU last night they rallied from eight down at the half to win the West Coast championship so they would have obviously gotten an at large bid now it's whether BYU will or not they probably will but you never know Yeah, you never know. So they definitely obviously would have gotten it had they gotten the automatic bid. Uh, So that's one more at-large that is out there for the Dookie Pukies or Michigan State or Syracuse or any of those other bubble teams uh, that, you know, need a little luck to shine their way. So five more bids. Bringing the total to 11. Uh, you got the ACC tournament that's continuing today. You got the Big 12 uh, tournament that starts today and uh, a few of the others. You got the Hall of Fame announcement in the basketball. The finalists, no big deal there. We got the NFL franchise tag being yesterday, deadline day. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, uh, two of the more notable players getting franchised by their respective teams, Bears and uh, Buccaneers. So much for that Odell Beckham trade rumor. He's not coming. Uh, there's, there's no way. There's no need for him at this point. Uh, no Shaq Barrett and, and merely no Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers. So he's a free agent. I don't care what they say about them still wanting to sign him. And they do have until Monday. I, I don't know why. It doesn't make much sense to me. But the deadline for franchising was yesterday. But then the team still hold exclusive negotiating rights until Monday when unrestricted free agents can begin talking with other clubs. Why there would be that you know five-day window, I'm not sure. It seems to me that uh, once you realize you're not franchising a guy, that's it. He becomes a free agent. He should be able to, in my world, sign with anybody else at that point. But uh, that's not the case. So these teams do have uh, until next Monday to negotiate a deal. But if you're Aaron Jones or Shaq Barrett or any of these others that did not get franchised, why would you sign? Why, why, why would you sign on the dotted line now? Um, I'm five days away. You decided not to franchise tag me. That's fine. But... You know, I got the light at the end of the tunnel right now. You'd be an idiot. I mean, unless they just, you know, 
completely collapsed and said, okay, whatever you want, here you go. We changed our mind. But other than that, I'm not negotiating. I want Aaron Jones. I want $12 million a year. I want $13 million a year. Take it or leave it. I'm Kenny Gowdy. I want 14, 15, 60, whatever it is. Um, if not, I'm, I'm going as a free agent. Well, you know, it doesn't make much sense to me why they would uh, all of a sudden sign now. So, you know, teams do that because, you know, you get saps uh, in the media that want to report that stuff like it's really going to happen. It's not going to happen. It, it, it doesn't make any sense for it to happen. You know, you want to be able to tell your fan base, you know, if you're a Green Bay Packer executive, you want to be able to tell your fan base, well, you know, we didn't franchise him, but, you know, we still hope to sign him. We're still going to work with it. No, you're not. No, 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 you're not. You know, if the franchise tag deadline was able to get Jerry Jones to sign on a dotted line, but not the Green Bay Packers with the Aaron Jones, or not the Lions with Galladay, or not the Bucks with Barrett. It's they're not having a change of heart all of a sudden. Those guys to me are gone. Unless they hit the open market and they think they're the greatest thing in the world and it's just not there for them. This year in particular, Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time as we welcome in our full audience. This year in particular, just because of the cap situation. But, you know, maybe they need to face reality. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe Jones is asking for $15 million a year, and the Packers are like, you know, it's not happening, brother, you know? Uh, if you can go get it, go knock yourself out, but we're offering you 10. Same thing with, uh, you know, the other. You know, you think you're worth this amount uh, on the open market? You know, go ahead. But it is rare, though, when these agents misinterpret the open market. Let, let's face it. They're in contact with these GMs, whether they're supposed to be or not. You know, they represent so many different players, and they may be talking to those GMs and execs about one player and then kind of drop in, oh, by the way, you know, my guy Aaron Jones is, uh, you know, uh, looking to move on from Green Bay. You know, is there any interest? Well, I can't talk about that. He's a Packer. I know, but, you know... Yeah, a guy like him, we'll say. Maybe not Aaron Jones, Mr. Executive GM of the uh, Miami Dolphins, but a guy like Aaron Jones. Would you be interested? Oh, yeah. Not Aaron Jones specifically. Not Kenny Galladay specifically. But if a guy like that, yeah, oh, yeah, I'd be interested. You know, I'd go up to $15 million. So they know. They, 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 they know. You know, that they wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't know what the market is out there for their clients. So these guys, to me, are all gone. And and welcome to Detroit, Jared Goff. I, I think it's funny. Uh, you know, what, a month or so after being traded there, new GM, new head coach, new attitude, new this, new that. And what happens, you know, less than a month later, Jared Goff, he has his best wide receiver let go for nothing. Nothing. Welcome to Detroit Lion football, Jared Goff. Amazing. Never changes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. about my regular day and um i'm actually speechless um this doesn't happen much uh but i'm so appreciative um everything that i've tried to give to the game of basketball and everything that basketball has done for me having uh my career i still wanted to be playing to this day um but you know everything doesn't happen the way we want them to but we have to make do uh, with what we have, and I'm just so appreciative and so thankful just for the opportunity to play the game and all those who helped me get here.
That's uh, one of the more underrated, strange, I don't know how you describe it, uh, putting his career into perspective. I wonder if FanDuel would have odds on who makes the Hall of Fame or not. Uh, I don't see it now, but that would be an interesting thing on who gets in, who doesn't get in. That's Chris Bosh uh, on uh, NBA Network. You know, I when I think Chris Bosh, do I think Hall of Famer? No. But then you got to remember, you know, you have, uh, you know, high school coaches in the Hall of Fame. Again, back to it's not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's just the Hall of Fame. So it encompasses, you know, college career, high school career. He didn't go to college, but high school career, Olympic career, you know, everything. And, and, you know, the scrutiny for a basketball player in the Hall of Fame is not like, you know, any other sport. You know, the pecking order is probably baseball one. Football two, hockey three, and then basketball is just like, yeah, whatever. So I, I and I don't get too worked up about it, but you know, when you consider his career, again, on the surface, do I say Chris Bosch is one of the best players of all time? Nah, not not really, but you know, his great attitude. He went to Georgia Tech, Chris Bosch. He did, huh? Uh, how many years? Uh, I don't remember that. I thought he was a high schooler. Uh, my, I'm getting old here, you know, one year. Okay. Um, so you don't really think necessarily, you know, he had his career cut short, blood clot issues. You know, he was in the he's in the NBA for 13 years. He was an all-star 11 times, 11 out of 13. That's pretty damn good. Won a couple championships, obviously, with LeBron. You know, he probably did more. When he was in Toronto, before he hooked up with LeBron, he carried that franchise, and he was putting up monster numbers. And then, and you know, when people said, "Okay, he's going to go with, uh, you know, LeBron, and he's going to hook up with D Wade, and it's going to, you know, they're all going to average thirty-five points a game," and he took a backseat. He clearly took a backseat. No two ways about it. And that did more damage to him than anything. Even though, you know, he took a backseat for the betterment of the team. I don't think they would have won had he not taken a backseat. But, you know, he clearly, his numbers came down and everything else. So, but 11-time All-Star in 13 years, two-time champ, won a gold medal. He's got to get in. He's going to get in. Um, Again, is he a true, you know, classic Hall of Fame player? Probably not. Let me... uh... Well, let me get up uh, his his numbers. I'm, I'm guessing he averaged about. See, even numbers now, it's too bad. You know, everything is all screwed up with these. Uh, you know, 125 to 120 scores that we have now. Uh, but I'm saying he averaged over 20 points a game for his career. Uh, and, and if he didn't, it's because of those last couple of years. Uh, let me see, uh, Chris Bosh. And he would have played, you know, let's face he would have played another three, four more years. I'm thinking that's pretty safe. He, only, he retired when he was 31. So, um, 19, yeah, 19 points uh, a game for his career. Just over 19 points. Rebounds. Ba, 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 ba. Where is his rebounds? Offense total, eight and a half rebounds. You know, great numbers, no. But, uh, you know what? Again, he played in the transition period. Didn't play, you know, recently when they're putting up these crazy numbers. He he didn't play, you know, in the 80s and 90s when they really played defense, you know, that in between there. But when you look at some other Hall of Famers, you know, like the Reggie Millers of the world, his numbers are better. You know, Bosch's numbers are better. So um, he'll probably get in. Maybe, Maybe not first ballot, but he's getting in. He is. That Olympic gold medal will help him. See, he'll he'll get in. The Carmelo Anthony's of the world will get in. Although Carmelo was probably better, 
But Carmelo, he's going to get in because he's got a couple Olympic uh, gold medals. And he's got the college basketball championship. And I always said, you know, um, he always you – know, no one wanted to go to that, set, uh, that, that last Olympics. But I, I said he does because he wants one more little chip on his resume. He's smart. You know, now I can say I'm a two-time Olympic gold medal champ. I won a college basketball championship. I may not have won in the NBA, but I, I won in college and I won in the Olympics. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, Bosch will get in. Pierce will get in first ballot. Chris Webber. So here's a good comparison. Bosch, an 11-time All-Star. Chris Webber, who I think most people probably say would be a little bit better, only a five-time All-Star in 17 seasons. He'll get in because of the Fab Five, which, oh, by the way, never won a championship. So, but I Weber will probably get in. Michael Cooper, you know, with the Lakers, part of that great, you know, Magic Johnson team, played defense. I, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer. Ben Wallace, yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, if those guys get in, it's, it's a watered-down, you know, Hall of Fame. It is, but... Though those guys, they're nice players. You win with them, obviously, but they're not. Really, to me, the only guy is Paul Pierce. Uh, that He's the only one that's a bona fide, absolute top 20, top 25 all-time player. And that's how I kind of base it. So, But these other guys, Bosch will get in, and I bet Weber gets in. And you might get some of the high school coaches that are up uh, for nominee. They may get in as well. Uh, and then they're going to join. A cl- this is weird. Going off a little tangents here this morning, but that's okay. Not necessarily pertaining to the betting. Although it would be nice if the, they put a bet up there. You know, would you bet yes or no, Michael Cooper? Yes or no? Yeah, they could put odds on that, right? Why not? Um, you know, I, I don't know when they do the the finalist uh, voting on who gets in, but you would think FanDuel would put that stuff up there. So they're going to join Kobe, Tim Duncan, and Kevin Garnett. Here's the weird thing. Now the Hall of Fame is in Springfield, Massachusetts, right? Yeah. So the induction ceremony is going to be in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, right? Uh, No. Well, yes and no. What do you mean? They're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. But the enshrinement ceremony is going to be in Connecticut. Say what? Yeah. Um, Maybe it's because they're in a mall. I don't know. The class is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in September. The enshrinement ceremony, the whole taboo, you know, people did the speeches and all that other stuff, was rescheduled this year to help out the guys from last year because there was no ceremony. That's okay. And it's relocated for May in a casino, the Mohegan, uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. Which I'm guessing is not that that far away, but it, it's still Connecticut. And it's not Massachusetts. So the ceremonies, the enshrinements are going to be in a casino, no less. A casino. Every once in a while, I think we've hit like, it is a bad expression, but rock bottom when it comes to gambling and sports. I, I keep on thinking, all right, this is a, a, a low, right? Uh, Vegas Golden Knights signing on with a scandicapping service. Uh, you know, uh, boards in, in baseball or football or, or hockey, you know, with, with gambling. Uh, being able to have kiosks with, with gambling there in some of the arenas. I keep on thinking we've hit like, okay, can't get any more 
you know, more tied in than this. And then every once in a while, I get a story like this. You're having your Hall of Fame ceremonies in a casino in Connecticut, no less, not even Massachusetts. Uncastville, never heard of that. Uncastville, Connecticut. How far? Well, let's Google it. Why not? We got a second here. How far is uh, Springfield, Mass, to Connecticut? Let's see. Hopefully we'll get this in before the break. 52 miles. Yikes. 52. They're having the enshrinement ceremonies in Connecticut and the Hall of Fames in Massachusetts. Wow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I don't know about anxiety, but uh, just some some unsureness of of things and how things were going to go. But uh, just the, the Michigan State way of just continuing to keep things the same and including the preparation and how we approach things, you know, that's that'll never change whether we have lost every game or won every game. And that's what's got us to this point now and just being consistent with that. And, and now that we've won some games and competed with other teams, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, we belong. Two. Yeah, they're in. Uh, no doubt about it. That's Aaron Henry, leading scorer for uh, Michigan State. I, listen, I would think they were in. I, I went. I told you, I went down. Uh, you know, in meeting the NCAA tournament, obviously, uh, I, I went down the, the list of teams, and, and I was pretty generous. I, I did it at the beginning of the week. I usually do it like every two or three ga- uh, days. Uh, and now with the NCAA, you know, uh, these conference tournaments underway, you don't really necessarily have to do it. Well, you know, I shouldn't say that. We'll, we'll, I'll do it again today after some of these games. But th- they're in because I came up with exactly the number. And we haven't really lost. Belmont would be the only team. It's been pretty good this year. Not that there were a lot of teams that would have gotten at large bids anyway. But you never know. You know, Liberty may have gotten an at-large bid at 23-5. and five. Um, You know, uh, Loyal Chicago certainly would have gotten a bid at the Missouri Valley. They were they were nationally ranked. Um, you know, Belmont is the one that Winthrop would have gotten a bid. You know, Gonzaga would have gotten a bid. Um, I'm thinking of the other. There's been 11 automatic bids handed out. You know, those are the three or four that won that probably would have gotten an at-large bid, but they won. So we haven't lost. The only one, like I said, is is, uh, is Belmont. And knowing that they lost, I think it's three of their last five, I got a feeling they're not going to get in. So when you say you got 37 point being at-large bids, you, you legitimately have 37 this year, maybe 36 with Belmont. So you legitimately have the 36 at-large bids that you normally would have. They tacked on one more because there's no Ivy League play. So with that in mind, you know, unless something crazy happens, Michigan State is in. You, you, listen, they love the Big Ten. You know, Michigan's getting in. Illinois is getting in. Iowa's getting in. Purdue, Ohio State, that's five. 
Wisconsin, I, I'm pretty sure, is getting in at 16 and 11. Um, and, and then I think at least one of Rutgers, Maryland, Michigan State, and, and I do believe Michigan State at 15 and 11 is going to get the benefit of the doubt. I, I think they're going to get eight, to tell you the truth. I think those seven, including Michigan State, and then one of Rutgers, Maryland. I don't think they would put both in. Uh, and Maryland losing the other day at home to, to Penn State, I, that was just brutal. So, And Rutgers at 14-10, and 10, how many wins does Rutgers really have? I'd love to see them get into Jersey School. but And, and I do believe that, and they'll, they'll never admit this, but yeah, Rutgers here in New Jersey, St. John's here in New York, you know, they would love, 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 love to get the New York, New Jersey market involved in this college basketball. It's been a long, long time since college hoops has really meant anything. You know, you've had secondary schools. You've had Iona. You've had Hofstra. You've had, uh, you know, Seton Hall every blue moon. But, you know, and Seton Hall, I'd say, is one of the big, big, big boys. But it's not really like Rutgers State School. So Rutgers has on its schedule a win against Syracuse, beat Maryland, did beat Illinois beginning of the year, uh, December 20th. That's a nice win, 91-88. Lost to Ohio State, beat Purdue. Then they hit a little tailspin, losing to Iowa, Michigan State, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Penn State. So some of the big boys they lost. Beat Indiana and Michigan State. Lost to Iowa. Beat Indiana again. Minnesota. So they did most of their damage early on and then kind of faded down the stretch. They lost one, two, three, four, four of their last seven. Not horrible, but uh, you know, they they you know feasted on Northwestern and Minnesota a couple of times. So they got a couple of wins. You know, it's it's who do it's you gotta have that little extra oomph. And, and Rutgers does have it being from New Jersey. They, they do. And being in the Big Ten. And, and they, they love the Big Ten. The Big Ten's got one of the higher power ratings. So they're, they're teams like that. And that's all it is. And, you know, you just go go with a conference that's got a higher power rating, and they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. There, there's nothing magical about this stuff. There, there's no, you know, bracketologist. Oh, you're so smart. No, you, you just look at the charts. That, that's all you need to do. And you see the Big Ten near the top, them and the Big 12. So those teams, with you know, the Rutgers and the Marylands and the Michigan States of the world will get the benefit of the doubt over the teams that are in a, a conference that doesn't have uh, such a power rating. So I, I do hope FanDuel does put this stuff up there. Um, they got, you know, Final Four. They got, obviously, championship. I'd love to see them put up there. Will teams make the NCAA tournament? I don't see it there now. Conference tournaments you can bet on. Who will be a number one seed you can bet on. Who's going to reach the Final Four you can bet on. And then, obviously, who's going to win it all. I'd really like to see them put up there, you know, is this team going to get in? And, it, uh, you know, lay odds, obviously, or maybe get odds on some of them. I, I think that would be very popular. I would. Hockey last night. Uh, let's do a little recap here. Uh, pretty good day if you were a favorite player. Uh, in the end, favorites came shining through. There was one game that was pick em, but otherwise favorites went 7-1. and one. How about that? Over under six two and one last night. So the favorites and over a deadly combination for for the boys at FanDuel uh, clicked many a time uh, last night. So nice job. The only underdog that covered uh, was Winnipeg, winning at Toronto eight to five or uh, four to three as as a uh, minus one eighty five favorite was Toronto. Otherwise, Dallas won six to one over Chicago. 
as a, a monster 145 favorite. Didn't quite understand that line. You had to sweat it out if you laid, uh, you know, minus 340 on Tampa Bay, but you did win in overtime 4-3 over Detroit. Uh, Washington was a monster minus 190 favorite over the Slumping Devils. Uh, you had to go to overtime to win that one 5-4. to four. Pittsburgh uh, uh, scored late to, to make it a 4-2 game, but that was a close game all the way as a minus 170 favorite over the Rangers. And uh, Florida won again. Well, I tell you, I, I, I put this out there last night. I was watching the games. Florida and Carolina. You know, you ask, you know, even hockey fans. Oh, and by the way, Philadelphia uh, went to a shootout to beat uh, Buffalo 5-4 to four as a minus 250 favorite. So 250, 190, two change, and two, uh, 210 in Carolina. And the all that went to overtime. Well, I tell you what, there's a prop out there that, uh, as allows you to bet on whether the game will go to overtime or not. How many games went to overtime last night out of the nine? One, two, three, four, five. Uh, five. Five out of nine. Wow. That's pretty dark. Six out of nine. Right? No, five out of nine. That's pretty good. You know, that, that bet pays generally about plus 250, plus like Detroit-Tampa Bay probably would have paid 3-1 to one because that was such a one-sided play with Tampa Bay being a heavy favorite. You know, and in fact, if you think about it, games that went to overtime were the th- four biggest favorites, four of the biggest favorites anyway. Tampa Bay minus 340 overtime, Washington minus 190 overtime, Philadelphia minus 250 overtime shootout, Carolina minus 210 overtime, and then uh, the Islanders and Bruins were pick them overtime. Boy, if you played that, you, you made some money last night. That's nice. That's cha-ching, cha-ching. So the favorites came through and the over came through. And our boy Russ came through again. How about that? Again, he had, I think it was three or four shots on goal in the first period alone. He continues to put overs out there. We continue to bring it up. He ended up with six. He's now 12-3 and three over. His last 15 games, 16 and five over his last 21 games. I mean, it's automatic. I mean, I really, I, I, it's, it's laugh. It's laughable. It really, and I knew he was going to go over last night. You know why? Because I didn't play it. And it was a dopey six o'clock start. I don't know why. You know, most of these hockey games here on the East Coast will start seven, seven thirty. But I think because of TV, I don't know. It was a six o'clock start. I got caught up on some stuff. I kind of forgot about it. And lo and behold, I look at my uh, my computer here, and it's quarter to seven, and I'm like, I don't see the game. Where's the game? Where's the game? I got up, and I'm like, oh, that's right. It was a six o'clock start. I knew it. I knew. I swear, I did not know. I I, I knew when I didn't get it in. I told myself, that's it. It's going over. It's going over. It's going to go over one of two ways. It's going to go over as he gets a shot on goal, like the final ten seconds to give him three. Or he's going to have three in the first 30 seconds of the game. I, I, I said, I know it. Either way, I know it's going over more than ever before because I didn't get it in. And lo and behold, he had three shots on goal about 30 seconds of the game. And it was an easy winner. I, I knew it. I, I just uh, The Wetzel Black Cloud works in reverse uh, against myself. So 16-5. and five, And they continue to make it two and a half. I don't get it. That's where, you know, that's where it takes a little smarts. You know, why Why is he so good, Scott? You're asking, right? Uh, because he's not, you know, a great player by any stretch. He's a nice player. But this is where, you know, if you do some analysis, 
you know, and this is why, you know, I, I play the under in the props with the point totals for the NBA. You know, you go against the grain. Most people will play Crosby, you know, Ovechkin, Malkin, you know. But if you play their line mates, if, if you if you got a line, like Ovechkin shoots every chance he gets, so he doesn't really count. But if you get a superstar like that, that loves to dish off, then you play his line mates. Because the Crosby's of the world, he loves to dish off. And you're the benefactor of it. You're playing on a line with Sidney Crosby. All the attention is going to Sidney Crosby. So your guy, in this case, Brian Rust, gets a lot of open shots. That That's where you have to find. You have to find guys like that that are flying under the radar, that are playing on great lines, that are getting a lot of ice time. And you hope that FanDuel continues to post their lines as low as they do with, uh, with Brian Rust. So... Cha-ching, cha-ching, our boy came through again. We'll give you the props for later on tonight in a sec. Opposite picks coming up next. Boy, we're flying on this Wednesday morning, Sirius XM 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, LLs know what that music means. Time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and, more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, Opposite Picks. What are Opposite Picks, you newbies ask? Well, we give you five, six, seven games a night, five, six, seven thousand reasons why we like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. And we proved it again last night going 5-1. and one. Now 26 games over 500, 131 up, 105 down with one push. So here we go. We got a six-pack all-college basketball tonight. Game number one, Syracuse laying two versus North Carolina State. I don't understand this line at all. ACC tournament, it's a neutral site game, so no help for either club. Syracuse, the much better team. Orange is coming off back-to-back wins over North Carolina and Clemson. Perhaps they clinch an at-large bid, but Jim Boeheim's been around way too long to count on that. He'll have his team prepared to play an awful North Carolina State team. Oh, yeah, these are not your father's Wolfpack team. Uh, Jim Balbano, Lorenzo Charles, Sidney Lowe, David Thompson are not walking through that door, okay, folks? Uh, North Carolina State's just 13-9 this year, 5-5 five and five on the road. They have won five in a row, Scott, I hear you saying, but four of those wins have come against the worst teams in the conference. I'm not even counting those. Syracuse beat North Carolina State not once but twice already this season. Love to make them three in a row, laying just two. Give me North Carolina State plus the two. Pick number two. Duke laying two versus Louisville. Now let's see. Who does the NCAA want in the NCAA tournament more? Pure Mr. Clean, Dookie Pukey, and Coach K? Or scandal-ridden head coach Chris Mack, who the last time we saw was making classless videos for social media in Louisville. Uh, This is a no-brainer, folks. Duke gets all the calls today. You watch and beats Louisville with the help from the referees. I love Duke laying just two and getting them back on the proverbial NCAA bubble talk. Give me Louisville plus the two. 
Iona picked number three, lane two versus Siena. Now, speaking of Rick Pitino, say what you want about his morals and lack of character and ability to lie with the straight face of the media about, I didn't know anything. Uh, he can coach, though. That he can do. The boys in Vegas, they are begging you to take the number one seed Siena Saints here. Don't. Iona spanked Quinnipiac yesterday. They'll do the same thing against Siena today. It says a lot that the boys at FanDuel made Iona a favorite over regular season champ Siena. Don't fall for it. Love Iona to win this one and eventually get to the NCAA tournament you watched. Give me Siena plus the two. Pick number four. UTEP lane two and a half versus Florida Atlantic. Ah, one of my old stomping grounds. We go for a winner today. UTEP. They've actually won four or five with the one loss, a close setback at Kansas, in which they blew a second-half double-digit lead. Otherwise, they would have won five in a row heading into this postseason tournament. They're clearly playing their best ball of the season. Florida Atlantic, meanwhile, has won four in a row. But, again, they come against the two worst teams in Conference USA. So I'm not even counting those four wins. They only have three other conference wins the entire season before, besides those four gimmies. Miners at UTEP get it rolling early and often today. They win by double digits. I love UTEP here laying just two and a half. Be Florida Atlantic plus the two and a half. Pick number five, Kansas State plus three and a half versus TCU. Big 12 opening round contest. It's a Mr. Vegas reunion tour as Kansas State is led by former SIU, my other former stomping grounds, Bruce Weber. This is a bizarre line because while both clubs are brutal, Kansas State has at least won three of four, including a win at TCU last week. Now god-awful TCU is the favorite over that team? TCU, which has lost 11 of 14, including three in a row. Two of their three wins were against bottom feeder Iowa State, so they don't even count. That's one win they've had, basically, in three months. They're getting crushed, losing by 10 of 11 by double or by eight points or more. So I, this team is cooked and can't wait for the season to end. I love Red Hot Kansas State getting points. Give me to TCU plus the three and a half. All right, pick number six. Northwestern lane two versus Minnesota. Do not even think about playing Minnesota today. Not only are the Golden Gophers awful on the road this year, they're just now god-awful, period. Minnesota was winless on the road this season. Yeah, 0-10. They're only 6-14 in Big Ten play overall. They've lost seven in a row, straight up and against the spread. Then one of those losses was the, the same Northwestern team last week at home. Now, the Wildcats aren't great, but they have won three in a row. I mean, everything points to Northwestern today. And all I have to do is lay two against a winless road team? Oh, this is too easy. It had to be the biggest moat, muttonhead, moron, meathead, mush, bird brain, basket case, blowhard, dunced in with dark fool jackass in the world to put American money on Minnesota tonight. Minnesota, plus the two, are six-pack of winners. All college basketball today. We got North Carolina State, plus two versus Syracuse. We got Louisville, plus two versus the Dukey Pukies. We got Siena, plus two versus Iona. We got Florida Atlantic, plus two and a half against UTEP. We got uh, TCU, plus three and a half against Kansas State. And we got Minnesota, plus two again against Northwestern. Opposite picks for this uh, uh, Wednesday, March 10th.
And again, as always, put them on the website uh, basically right after the show is over. Yeah, nice five and one last night. How about that? Uh, you got Duke laying 13, a winner against Boston College yesterday afternoon. Uh, Miami somehow beat Pittsburgh. I really did like Pittsburgh in that one. Uh, Pittsburgh team, what a joke. Uh, getting three, winner. Uh, Iona blew out Quinnipiac, uh, laying six. You got Wake Forest, uh, you know, losing to Notre Dame. Even though they scored two points over the last seven minutes in Wake Forest, they blew a double-digit lead. They were leading the whole way, and their offense just stopped. I mean, two points over the last seven minutes, and they lose by three as uh, Notre Dame hits a shot at the buzzer to win it. Uh, we won with the Dallas Stars, our hockey play. Love Chicago last night, right? They won 10 of 15. Dallas has lost 11 of 13, 13 of 16. They stink. Uh, and they play the game of the year as they win 6-1. to one. So our only loser was Southern Miss uh, getting 4.5, which lost by, I think it was 8 or so to Rice. So 5-1, and one, we're 9-2 and two for the week, and uh, we're back uh, way over 500, uh, 26 games over 500. Had a little bit of a lull there for a couple of weeks. You know, basically, you know, uh, going 500 uh, over the course of uh, two weeks. And that's going to happen. You're not going to go 4-1, and 5-1 and one all the time, but if your worst days going opposite is breaking even, then you know you're going to have weeks like we're set up to have here, where you go four and one, five and one, five and two, you know that that type of thing. So, um, you know, depending on what side you, you know, I get just as many people that take my real picks, if you will, uh, versus the opposite picks. So I'm not really rooting on any side whatsoever. But um, if, if I had to play just one, you know, and that's what we have here in our pyramid of winners here it would be Northwestern lane two against Minnesota. I mean, you just can't put American money on Minnesota tonight. I mean, let's face it. They've lost 10. They've lost all 10 road games. I mean, all 10. Now, this is not a traditional road game in that it's a neutral site game, but they've lost seven in a row overall. They haven't covered any of those seven. The, the winless on the road, 0-10. I mean, there's just – they lost to the same Northwestern team last week at home. There's just no reason to put American money on Minnesota. So uh, in our little uh, – we, we, we have a, uh, a pyramid of winners. And last night, our NHL player of the day, Chicago, lost. Uh, our NHL prop play of the day, over two and a half Brian Rush shots on goal one. And playing only one, if you're just going to play one, it was over two and a half Brian Rust. Uh, that was the winner, obviously. So our yearly totals so far, not too bad. And we just started doing this actually starting last week. So, um, you know, playing only one, we're four and two. NHL play of the day, three and three. Prop play of the day, four and two. College basketball, 0 oh and one. So we're just going to get into the college basketball scene. So back in action today, college basketball, where are we going to go? Uh, we'll go with Northwestern lane two against Minnesota. I, I think that is the best bet on the board. There's a couple of others there, but uh, to me, that's the best bet on the board. NBA back in action, just a couple of games. Uh, I'm going to grab Memphis lane three versus Washington. Um, you know, it's, it's basically an even game. I'll grab the Grizz at home just because they're at home. Uh, that's really why. NHL, uh, we'll start with the NHL prop uh, of the day as we got a couple of game teams that are in our, you know, prop little pool here. I'm going to go right back to Connor McDavid. Um, you know what? Three and a half. He averages four shots uh, on goal. Uh, they're taking on Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa, you know, over the last really three weeks have been playing up and down, you know, so no problem whatsoever. So give me, uh, you know, Edmonton's uh, Connor McDavid over three and a half shots on goal as our prop play. And then our NHL play of the day. 
Uh, where are we going to go, NHL? You know, we got Vegas, the second game against Minnesota. You know, we had them the other day. So, you know what? Let's let's go right back on Vegas. Let's assume that Vegas is not going to get uh, swept in that series. So, give me Vegas. Got to lay some odds there, but give me uh, Vegas. Let me write this down. Vegas minus 125 on FanDuel at Minnesota. And then we have uh, over Nick David, uh, three and a half on FanDuel, shots on goal. Uh, and it's even money, actually, shots on goal. So that, that's actually not too bad. So we got college basketball. We got NBA. Uh, we got NHL. We got NHL props. And how about an NBA prop, Scott? All right, we're going to go. Uh, they really, the, the John Morant numbers have gotten way up there. So I'm going to say under 33 and a half Bradley Beal. Back from the All-Star break. Uh, you know, playing the nondescript Memphis, you know, 34 points for Bradley. But that's a lot of points. I'm going to go under. I, and I don't like, the, you know, laying that kind of, uh, you know, that, that's a lot of points to ask for. I was just saying that, that kind of would, but uh, that, that's a big little number there. So, yeah, let's go under 33 and a half Bradley Beal. So we're all set with our pyramid of winners. College basketball, Northwestern lane two, NBA, Memphis lane three. NBA prop, Bradley Beal, under 33.5 points. NHL, Vegas, minus 125 versus uh, Minnesota. And then NHL prop, over 3.5 shots on goal, uh, Connor McDavid. Not bad. Not bad at all. All right, uh, a couple things to get to here real quickly before we close up shop. Uh, We got that. By the way, our other uh, props tonight, uh, McDavid for Edmonton, uh, Brady Kachuk for Ottawa's 3.5. Uh, Ricard Reichel uh, is three for Anaheim. And then Montreal, the two guys that we're going to play, Tyler Toffoli and then Brendan Gallagher. We always play them as uh, Montreal's taking on Vancouver tonight. And we're playing guys on the better teams when they take on the teams that give up the most shots on goal. Those respective teams do. I'll uh, spare you the details, but there you go. Real quickly, um, because I know we got to take a break here, but I brought up yesterday about how on the PGA Tour, how to make the, the holes more difficult, you know, put trees. I said two things, put trees along the greens so you can't just, you know, plop on. And I said, if the ball goes out of bounds, you make that a penalty. So no more playing from, you know, the ninth hole when you're on the tenth hole. Lo and behold, yesterday, the PGA said they're going to be doing that for this next tournament. I'm telling you, Wetzel speaks. PGA listens. Again, I wish my wife had that philosophy. All right, we'll wrap up shop next. Scott Wetzel, Sports Good Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204 on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's close up shop with a couple of things here. First up, we'll update the poll question. You hit the first three teams of a four-team parlay. Do you hedge? Uh, or four teams of a five-teamer or two teams of a three-teamer. You get the idea. Basically, do you hedge? Hedge all the time? Never hedge or sometimes? Sometimes. Uh, leading the way right now with uh, nearly 41% of the vote. Uh, let it ride, never hedge 32% and hedge all the time, only 27%. And that's why the boys in Vegas win because hedging all the time 
is getting the least amount of votes. See, you have it's it's crazy. You have to hedge all of the time. That should be the number one vote, not not last. Amazing. Uh, Brian tweets in, what's even dumber, Scott, about the Basketball Hall of Fame is that there's actually a casino in Springfield, Massachusetts. Really? So they're going 60 or so miles away to Connecticut to hold the induction ceremonies. When you tell me there's actually a casino right there in Springfield that, you know, you think they'd be able to go to? That's funny. Uh, Coach Keith, longtime LL, tweets in about the uh, Big Five. Make a long story short, 1955, all the city's schools made the NCAA tournament except Drexel. That's when they were called the Big Five. Ah, when Nova was trying to get out of the Big Five, Drexel was going to replace them, but it never happened. That's interesting. I, I wonder what getting out of the Big Five means. I, I guess not playing all those teams, but that's when it all started. All right. Uh, and Ken tweets in, you only hedge if you can win both sides. Otherwise, go for the gold. Yes, I mean, there is a situation where you could actually hedge, you know, and try and middle uh, the boys in Vegas at FanDuel. You, you could do that as well, but um, there you go. But I, I was curious about, you know, uh, Drexel being from Philadelphia, not being part of the Big Five. That's when it all started, huh? Uh, when they all made the NCAA tournament one year and they did not. So, interesting. Um, and again, I guess the only thing that really incorporates them is, is part of the Big Five is that they play each other every year. And I guess Drexel's not part of that mix. All right, good job by everyone involved today, as they always do. Appreciate all the help. Uh, you got all your picks. You go to the website, oppositepicks.com. In case you missed the opposite picks, uh, we also have it on uh, uh, Spotify and all the other places you can listen if you want to on your podcast uh, situation. So be safe on this Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Opposite Picks.